the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons, and we're here to talk gardening with you at 308-8867, 308-8867, and toll free it's 866-308-8867. It's a slightly cloudy day out there, but lots of folks out here at Millburgers doing some shopping. Uh, Poinciana's are going home with folks, and uh, see some bougainvilleas finding homes. Zinnias. Oh, and your Sinesa, every Look at both wagons. Oh, look at that. Yeah, they're hard to resist, and especially if you've seen them around town. Oh, they're blooming all over town. Uh, they are so happy. Um, man. Uh, and you see them. It's kind of funny to see what people do. Some people keep them kind of bushy and uh, just let them grow out or cover up a... A little like I've seen them in parking lots, where they they seem to be. Y'all can tell me whether this works or not, but they seem to be one of those plants that doesn't need a lot. So that that, that little parking lot part where it's just hotter than heck and and right in the middle. I've seen them there. They're they're native between uh, Uvalde and Del Rio, uh, out in that brush where they get no water Mm -hmm. at all. I know. On the uh, even on the kind of the slopes. Oh yeah, and they're, they're used to extremely high, dry high. weather. Yeah, that's been the problem with them. People uh, like them so much, and they they plant them in their yard landscape where they irrigate, where they have an yeah. irrigation system, and uh, and they they tend to grow uh, uh, too large. They uh, leg leggy. They get low. One of the important issues is when are the when is it going to rain, Milton? I know. Well, they're they're generally about a week or weekish. So when do they start blooming? Uh, they when did they start? Yeah, about yeah, a week it, a week ago at least. Was it Wednesday or so? Maybe Wednesday Thursday? I think it was because yeah. I think I remember going outside. And the funny thing was, it was like went inside, uh, closed down the house. The little. Uh, Sinisa was still in its container. We have to figure out where we're planting it. And so nothing on it. And then woke up in the morning. It was like it was full of blooms. Yeah. It, it's uh, But so I'm guessing by Wednesday. I'm thinking it's unusual to have it such a univer- universal bloom. Yeah. Because you, you usually you'll start in one part of town and or, or a certain kind of a landscape and then... And then you kind of notice they, they 
sneak up and then the rains start. But, man, this is a, a general boom everywhere. Yeah. I drove by a Cornerstone Church, which I think uses them as a hedge. Oh, yeah. And you just you can't take your eyes off them. And I think they're on sale, by the way, if you... Uh, you need to keep your eyes on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at the sound of the time. And, <laughs> oh, no. Don't go there. <laughs> I was thinking of you today. I was driving down the road, and the sun was on my left-hand side. And, and you were trying to window, look at it. And I was like, I can't look at it. Jerry will make fun of me. I don't care about the going blind. I just want Jerry to go, I told you not to look at that sun. Well, <laughs> Jerry would... Jerry was talking about he can't figure out what the big deal is yeah there's a, a, a so supposedly a million people moving into yeah that that, that lane oh yeah my i mentioned my son jeremy's in nashville which is i bet you nashville is packed oh yeah yeah people coming from all over the united states to nashville to to see that sun eclipse somehow to, after to this see the, that See, the, see the sun hidden by the moon for to to be in the moon shadow to be a part of the phenomenon i think it's the a, experience of yeah and it and all jerry just doesn't get it don't I even try, try. I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't. you can call and try if you want but <laughs> you're not going to win well it, it, all of it it's kind of mystical to me you know and in, in the old days of course it was obviously mystical there they Gave it credit for ending lives. They did sacrifices, all kinds of stuff. But I, I think in the back of a lot of people's mind, there's still there's something mystical and special about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I want to be there. I want to experience this yeah. and uh, see. I, I had the same talk with Jeremy in Nashville that I we had yesterday on the radio. Mm-hmm. I said, now, Jeremy," <laughs> he said. Yeah, but the sun, you're not going to be able to see the sun. I said, I, that happens every night, Jeremy. Uh, I mean, you know, it's a, but, uh, and I said, the, the danger of this thing is, is that, uh, is the right before and right after total eclipse. When that, when that moon, moon is moving away from the sun. And you're getting the sun intensity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and so he's going. He's going to let his friends look look first, and then tell him when it's total eclipse, and then he's going to put his glasses. On. He's got his glasses. Although not the same. You there? If you Google, um, there are lots of places online that you can watch it. Because in San Antonio, we don't see it in totality. Seventy percent. Seventy percent is significant. It should get yeah, shady, doesn't it? Uh, Shouldn't it? Oh, yeah, we'll okay. notice it. Okay. Now, it was, wasn't somebody telling us uh, yesterday that the temperature will d- drop significantly. Yeah. It just, uh, that's kind of amazing, you know. It's so this The world is, is changing. This is a good time to be out gardening, is that <laughs> what you're saying? I don't know if that's the case. It's like 15 seconds. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long yeah, the coolness will last. All right, uh, 308-8867 is our number. Why did it's we get like it? a cloud going over. Oh, you were telling me to look. No, it's nothing like a cloud. It's, it's nothing like a cloud? Well, it's sort of like a cloud, but different. <laughs> this is this well, is the whole... Well, why is it different? Because the whole sun is blocked by the... Because if you look around... A cloud blocks the whole sun. No. No, it, it does. A but thick it, cloud. But if you look around, you can still see nice, bright, and blue. You're not going to be able to see that now. 
So your your thing about night was better. Yeah. It's like a cloudy night. No, it's not. All right. <laughs> but you can watch it on TV if you want to see it. Or that, you, can, or you can. That will burn your retina. Don't stare right? at the TV. Uh, um. Now, <laughs> if he if he does, Jerry goes and stares at it. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine how much we'd have to harass him because he <laughs> yeah. drove us crazy? No, with I this? bet he'll accidentally stare I, at it. I yeah. think I'm gonna watch it on TV. Okay, that's a good yeah, good idea. I, yeah, want, so I want all of our. He's gonna come our, back next Saturday. You know, <laughs> that was amazing uh, to see the thing. Uh, oh, it's cha- it changed my life. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no oh not, yeah, that's not happening. There are people that was listening to some that, that chased them and. They've seen 26 of them in their lifetime, yeah. and, uh, yeah. There's so supposed to be another one they, in 10 years. Yeah, time. I didn't know about that. Yeah. That's good to know. We can just stay here. And me- meanwhile, in Nashville, the Chamber of Commerce can, is figuring, how do we get another eclipse yeah. here soon? Because this, is, this wheel, has been great. You can help Jerry and I in 10 years. <laughs> just wheel you out. Yeah. Okay, look at it. There <laughs> you go. Ha, ha. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, he'll get he'll get caught up in doing something else. He'll leave us out there in our wheelchairs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gardening talk three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven and toll free it's eight six six three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We got some got the best selection of tomatoes for the fall at the right time that mm-hmm. I've ever seen uh, that that we've that we've ever had. Now, this will be the real test of our recommendations and uh, the procedures that we're recommending because last year everything worked out really well, but the weather was nice and mild and perfect. This is The weather had nothing to do with it. It was the variety selection. This is more challenging. Well, if you're a gardener, (laughs) you know, you, and I know you have heard this too, uh, how many gardeners say, oh, it's... My tomatoes are wilting every day, and I'm just giving up on it, or I wasn't able to keep up. Uh, if you got mild temperatures, you got much more slack. And this this kind of this kind of weather with those, well, the idea is that these are the recommended varieties. They can tolerate it. They can come come through and beat the cold weather, as long as you keep giving them the water they need. Yeah. If, I don't know if y'all have noticed or not, but as you as you we're looking at a, a table of of uh, all the recommended uh, varieties, which uh, Millburgers is only selling the recommended varieties this year. So uh, you come out here and uh, you want to know which one's the best, but look down that table of those tomatoes, and then look at that one on the uh, second table on the on the right right in the middle kind of in the middle to the to the right side that's roma surprise that roma is a stronger notice how it's got more foliage and the foliage is thicker and and then than the other tomatoes on either side of it that roma tomato is a strong it's a processing tomato so it's a it's a strong tomato. Well, it's a machine yeah it's a machine a production machine but and it's but it's, I, it's, it's got a good flavor to it, that that particular selection. Yeah, good. Okay, good. Not the best. Not not the best. I mean, you can't compare. There's there's five or six varieties oh, out yeah, there that yeah. I would choose long before the Roma to eat. Oh yeah, that are just spectacular. You know, BHN nine six eight. We think 
the Ruby Crush is going to be in that league. And, of course, the HM-123, Tycoon, all of those um, reliable large tomatoes, too. Still time. Now I, oh, yeah. Pretty soon, I think my, I don't remember when my, I start saying in my column in the gardening tasks that, you know, you kind of miss the prime time, but if you put those one-gallon containers out right. there, you're still you in good shape. In but I think for now, you're still you're still in uh, in tune with these uh, uh, four and a half inch one quart size. They're they're ready for action, and they're fast maturing too. Yeah. And this weather, they catch up. Yeah, I planted those Ruby Crush. Um, like what was it? Like three weeks later than the others, mm-hmm. and they're they're growing at about twice the rate. Hmm. They haven't caught up yet, but yeah. but the, you can tell that they're they're going to be ready as soon as the weather breaks, and they'll catch up. Like yeah, um, now you remember Ruby Crush is a, a true determinant type of plant, so it's going to be a and, and it even at maturity, it's not it's a not a third the size yeah. of you, the other tomatoes. And if this if you're thinking about or you like. Uh, Tomatoes in containers. Oh or, yeah, that's or you want to experiment. This would be the one. The Ruby Crush would be the one to try, uh, because it's uh, promises based on the tests conducted by Jerry and others. Uh, promises to be large production. That size is an important four or five feet instead of eight feet, um, and uh, quick quick producer. And supposedly, you know, competitive in the taste. Yeah, we've had we've had some people t- test test the taste test the taste, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, and say that it's uh, comparable to uh, uh, nine sixty eight. And the kids in the ch- uh, cl- children's garden. Oh yeah, that's, I, they, that's perfect. They instead children. they said, mmm, 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 it's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great." <laughs> Well, the deal, the deal is in in uh, well, well, we we want well, we want to. I've always said for children's for children's planting that the cherry tomatoes are better than the large fruity tomatoes, right? Because there's so many of them, and everybody gets to eat their fill. And uh, and, oh. and these fast maturing, right, like 968, and uh, and also heat setting. Uh, it was interesting. We had some had some uh, 968 planted down down south where it got extremely hot. The first planting, it was so hot down there that uh, that we lost most of the plants, probably 80 percent of the of the transplants. Uh, except where they got the shade of the tree. That, that is, that's what brought me around to the shade of the tree. But uh, there was one 968 out in full sun, and uh, I was down there the last week and looking at that thing, and that stupid thing, even though it's half dead, got a cherry tomato right in the top of it. So it it it, it is definitely a heat setter. Well, I always find... Now, the, the, the spring I didn't. This spring they were consistently 
uh, kind of even production and the foliage look good the whole season. But usually with 968, I have that flush of growth and wonderful crop. Uh, but then the leaves start falling off for whatever reason, and they looks kind of sparse there in mid-season, but continues to produce. Yeah, yeah. And then then it then it catches up a little bit again and puts on that uh, replaces the foliage. I think it's a another one of those production machines that kind of gets away. From, you know, you gotta you gotta give a little attention to your foliage. Yeah. To, oh yeah, the foliage yeah, plus is important. Plus your tomatoes. Yeah. But if you haven't ha- haven't started your fall garden, it's still not too late uh, for tomatoes and peppers and surefire and, and tomatoes. Surefire tomatoes are out there too. Uh, for this time, this year anyway, and uh, but uh, the Kevin uh, uh, in an article he wrote a couple of weeks ago wrote a really nice description of step-by-step. I don't know if he knew he was doing it, but it's a step-by-step procedure. It must have been an error. It it must have been an error. It was so good. Uh, But but a step-by-step progression of uh, how to establish a fall garden successfully. And I've got that on plantanswers.com. It's under under uh, topics of the month, and it's uh, the first topics of the month. It says uh, 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 Calvin Finch's uh, tomato planting plan, basically. So uh, if you want to look that over before you start, because it talks about uh, pre-fertilization, about fertilization before you're planting, and uh, care during uh, when care during this hot weather you know to, to get to get the tomatoes off and running one of the the uh, emphasis is that uh, your soil moist before you right plant. right because it's especially important when it's 100 degrees out there that yeah you get you give that plant every advantage that it can and that that uh, wet soil stays stays cooler plus you every Every root, new root, has uh, access to water, and, and, and they just respond quite more quickly and get established more quickly. What's it taking, 15, 20 years uh, for us to get to him to say root? <laughs> Rather than rut. Rut. Crick. Uh, <laughs> he, he's slow to learn, but he, he comes around yeah. sooner to learn. But uh, anyway, also in, in yesterday's paper, we uh, this week in the garden uh, on page uh, C nine. If you want a listing of the tomatoes that uh, that we're recommending uh, for the fall, uh, Calvin's got them listed in the uh, this week in the garden. It's right uh, over Heloise's article in the paper. And uh, that she ta- that Calvin talks about Surefire, which we mentioned, Lavaca, uh, Roma Surprise, which I talked about a while ago, and uh, cherry tomatoes such as BHN 968 and Ruby Crush. And then uh, uh, the large fruited tomatoes, and they're all heat setters. All, all that that we're recommending are have been tested and proven to be heat setters. Uh, Celebrity Tycoon, 
and uh, HM1823. Hey, they got it right this time. Wow. <laughs> well, we, it's <laughs> kind of a rotating. in three weeks. It's kind of a rotating. <laughs> they got hey. it right. Red Deuce and uh, Valley Cat. Uh, you can get large transplants in one-gallon containers, or you can also uh, uh, get some of the uh, uh, the uh, four-inch, four-and-a-half-inch uh, containers, which have an already developed root system. We've got some gardeners out there that are, uh, have the dilemma of nematodes, and not many treatments for nematodes now, but... Uh, uh, Valley Cat comes to mind, and uh, some of the other varieties are nematode resistant. So you Tycoon. can plant them right in the in the middle middle of that nematode uh, soil, and they'll do fine. Uh, what else? Valley Cat. And what else? Tycoon. Here? Tycoon. And Is the, BH and in nine sixty eight. Nine sixty eight. Yeah, the cherry tomato nine sixty eight. That's about the only three. And those three are really a, a super mix. Because um, you got one cherry tomato that's fast and what uh, I think the best taster around, and then you've got uh, two proven large tomatoes that uh, set their tomatoes in the heat and have a great anti-disease and pest um, package. Yeah. Package, yeah. That 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 Valicat has been productive for for a lot of people. I. Uh, I sent some tomatoes over to East Texas to be tested, and uh, I, I was talking to Greg Grant the other day and asking him how how some of them did, and he said he said he had had a bunch of those Valley Cats left, or, or you know he hadn't distributed, mm-hmm. and so he just made a row in his garden and and uh, and planted those Valley Cat transplants right down the row there in his garden, just kind of see if they'd produce anything. Uh-huh. Rather than toss them, yeah. Yeah, rather than toss They don't toss anything in these things. <laughs> and, uh, and so he, he said he was hauling tomatoes out there in a wheelbarrow. Uh, he said it's a very productive tomato. Yeah, it's a good one. Large fruit. It wasn't and, the and first, and it wasn't the largest fruit, but it was all, all up there in the in that top tier yeah. category. Yeah. Good large fruity tomato variety. Hey, hold on a sec. We've got to take a quick break. While we do, you give us a call at 308-8867. 308-8867. We've got more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up in just a moment with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick. This is 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. It's fall vegetable gardening time, and Millburgers has a couple classes coming up that you're going to want to know about. First off, there's fall gardening for kids. This is next Saturday, the 26th from 10 to 11. Your kids will have a great time learning about the basics of vegetable gardening. It's a popular hands-on class, which means they're going to get to do a lot of activity and a lot of learning, and it's absolutely free. All they ask is that you RSVP so they know how many people are coming. Call 497-3760. That's 497-3760 for the kids' gardening class on fall vegetable gardening next Saturday. And for you adults, from 10 to noon, David Rodriguez will be on hand. He's the Extension Horticulturist with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and he'll be talking about fall vegetable gardening, too. Now, for more information on all these classes, go to millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com, and we'll see you next Saturday. 
Let's go eat. Okay, but I'm really tired of those same old places. Yeah, me too. Hey, let's go back to that cute rustic place on the vineyard by Natural Bridge Caverns. Oh, yeah. Let's have a quiet, romantic dinner. This time, let's save room for the cheesecake. Okay, I'll have that cold-smoked black-peppered ribeye. Don't forget, they have those great Texas grass-fed burgers, Texas red snapper, wonderful salads and appetizers. Count me in. We can start with a glass of Texas wine and stroll through the vineyards. The best part is we can afford to get a great steak without breaking the bank. Oak Valley Vineyards, not just a special occasion restaurant, an all-occasion restaurant. Come out, enjoy the relaxed and rustic atmosphere and the excellent food at Oak Valley Vineyards Restaurant and Venue. For reservations, call 830-980-8033, oakvalleyvineyards.com. If you lease office, retail, or warehouse space for your business, the last thing you want to do is overpay the landlord. But it happens every day. Hi, I'm Scott McMurray, and president of Bottom Line Realty Advisors. We work with business people who want an effective strategy for their next real estate decision. Whether leasing or buying, it affects your bottom line. Your landlord has representation, and you should too. Even if you're a good tenant with no plans to move at all, You're the most vulnerable to getting a really bad deal. We only represent our clients, never landlords, so we have no conflict of interest. We stay on your side. Call me, Scott McMurrian, at 210-535-7800, and we'll negotiate from a position of strength. BottomlineRealtyAdvisors.com Bottom Line Realty Advisors We get the landlord off your bottom line If you would like to learn how to not just protect your assets, but turn those assets into real income, income that you won't outlive, call Robin Hoppus at Big State Financial today at 210-373-6000. You can turn your nest egg into income. The Big State Retirement Experts will show you investment alternatives that increase with Wall Street gains, but won't ever lose value with market declines. A successful retirement starts with an income plan, a steady paycheck that will last as long as you do. The experts from Big State Financial can help you build your own personal pension plan and put you on track to the retirement you deserve. Call the Big State Retirement Specialist today at 210-373-6000 and turn your nest egg into income. Call now for your free retirement readiness review. It takes about an hour, but could add thousands and years of retirement income. The number to call is 210-373-6000. That's 210-373-6000. Or visit them online at bigstatefinancial.com. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We're live here at Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Bulls. Semi-alive, at least. Yeah, hey, that we talked about, yeah. We're three-quarters, <laughs> I, I, I think. Yeah, I guess we shouldn't complain because it's, uh, it's a little, it's, it's cooler cool. than it has been. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, speaking of cool, David Rodriguez will call us at 1 o'clock, talk about the upcoming year. <laughs> Do we have to? Yes, David will call us and uh, tell us about the um, upcoming uh, adult veggie, fall veggie workshop. That's next Saturday, too, with the kids. So there's the kids at 10, and there's David at 10 for the adults. David David takes two hours. The kids take one. I want to know why. Yes? 
David's not giving both of them. I don't know. Why Why are they keeping David away from the kids? Well, I don't you know. Have that's a, did, you, did you give up when you were with the extension service? Did you relish your opportunities to give presentations to young people? No. Uh, me either. In, in, in fact, you know, I did the first one that they had. Down there. Yeah. And they... <laughs> And and, the, and the, I did the, the that was the last one I did after the first one. But uh, they yeah. said that I was talking above the kid's head. Oh, that I was too technical. Oh, well, that they, I, I didn't hit any of the kids, so, you know. Or, no, but, you know I was I was. And they're small. You can't was, avoid talking above their heads. Yeah, I was. Whoa, <laughs> I was. I was trying to be gentle. Yeah. I, uh, the, my experience. I guess I'm not a good, wouldn't be a good first grade or second grade yeah. teacher. <laughs> then I, ha- then I had to give the I'm second sure one. I'm sure you do fine. <laughs> I had to give the second one after he, after he had spoken over there. Oh, house. no. That's he, right, you did. Yeah, he was gone, so they didn't and invite he, me back either. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what could we learn but, from this? But the one, but what, uh, when I was a horticulturist, it is, you get really spoiled because when you're speaking to audiences that w- really want to hear what you have to say, mm-hmm. they're enthusiastic, you know, like most of those that come to your presentations. And, all. and then uh, then they said, well, we need you to speak at this 4-H Uh-oh. program, and the kids have to take a minimum. They have to take these classes, you know, to get, get some. And, of course, the kids were less than enthusiastic uh, about uh, some of the, the topics, so I was uh, glad not to do that again and go back, <laughs> go back to the the adults that thought everything I said was uh, real knowledgeable and based on you know exactly what they wanted to hear in terms of uh, doing better in their gardens. Those kids will remember that and someday wish they had paid more attention. Yeah, when we sure. go to when you and I go to the Hall of Fame, there you mm-hmm. go, of, Horticulture Hall of, Hall of Fame. Cool. Where is the Horticulture Hall of Fame? <laughs> is there one? Um, I'm gonna look it up. We yeah. we have the uh, um, the fellows, uh, the fellows of the American Horticulture Society. And that, that that would be kind of a Hall of Fame of horticulture. Um, but that, yeah, they but they wouldn't be uh, uh, National Agriculture Center and Hall of Fame. Huh. Hall of Fame, the Garden Writers Association. Yeah, the Garden Writers Association. Okay. I don't, I don't know about hall. I don't know if they have a Hall of Fame or not. I like it better, Jerry, when we declare. You and I declare there you go. We have our own Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's yes. right. And we were the first two members. There you go. <laughs> Roll call is uh, very short. <laughs> All right, 308. And I have Horticulture Heroes. Yeah. Flat yeah. answer. You need to have a little. you have to die to get into that one. Oh, okay. I was going to say you should, do a little, fun you should, should do a little banquet, but that would be sort of depressing. Right? Yeah, yeah, uh, at the funeral. And you yeah. could have a blank. A cha- empty chair for each of your. Oh, this is the Bialer morbid. <laughs> All right, three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Although, um, we we you know I think I think we mentioned one of our our favorite master gardeners, Gene Peterson, 
uh, had passed away, and the legislature, and instead of the funeral, her family, her daughter and her husband and all her friends, had a celebration in New Braunfels, mm-hmm. and they had a they had a band there and huh. restaurant, and it was like four hours and. Wow. It was a lot of it was a lot, a lot of fun. It was hard to have much mourning. You know, the, they kind of like the uh, the mourning ends here at the at the door. Yeah, uh, you're here to celebrate, like Gene like Gene wanted it, everybody to do. So that so it's all a lot of it is an attitude, and you can uh, leave the world. With a celebration, or you can leave the world with a sad situation, I guess. Yeah, and we mentioned yesterday that uh, Jim Passmore's uh, uh, Master Master Guard Class 4, you said? K, yeah. K passed away. Uh, This is kind of disturbing me when the... uh, when your first master gardener class is beginning to pass away, Calvin, beginning make you make you the first, first make is you pretty old. well diminished. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, K was a great uh, yeah, K sure and Jim, of course. Oh, oh there's uh, so K many. K had me with uh, with the uh, Columbine. Yeah, uh, she she was going to grow the uh, the red uh, uh, blazing star. Uh, Columbine uh, for us. Uh, she she wouldn't let me dictate to, to remove all the other colors of Columbine. That was the that was the problem I had with her. But uh, she kind of when she kind of made up her mind, you kind of it's either her way or the highway. Well, and it was good that they were that way a bit because they they uh, were early. Uh, adapters of the the blueberry and containers idea. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, there were a number of different. Oh, and the coho spinach. Everybody else. Oh is, yeah. You're written it off, and they're or they're saying, "What do you mean you can't make any seed? We'll we'll do it." I, I think we're, Jim was one of those. Jim was one, one and K too. Were those people that when you tell them they can't do something, they they kill themselves proving that well, you can do it. And they were not. Um, really aggressive promoters of it. No, but, but no. you know, well, you, you couldn't help but go visit their garden because somebody would say, "Have you seen what the, the <laughs> passmores are growing?" <laughs> or, 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 yeah, you'd make a declaration that you can't grow blueberries here. And azaleas. <laughs> the first time, first time I met Jim Passmore and his wife were the. Uh, we said something, something that you can't grow good to good azaleas here, yeah. you know, like you can. And uh huh. And uh, I, so Jim invited me over. We were having a meeting out there, and Jim invited me over and went to the bot. He he had a kind of down near creek bed, his, his property line. Of course, he had a lot of that alluvial soil, you know, the deep uh-huh. soil. And uh, just perfect. I, I mean, he had some of the prettiest azaleas you've ever seen, both in the in the East Texas and and, and especially around San Antonio. So uh, that, they were just proving to me that again I was wrong saying that you can't grow azaleas and uh, or you shouldn't grow azaleas in San Antonio. Well, they they were great 
example, uh, you know, they had fun gardening and they lo- oh yeah and they loved the challenges of gardening here, which uh, is one of the things I think we've tried to emphasize too. You know that there's this is a great place to garden. A lot of challenges, but that's what helps makes it make it so much fun. Yeah, you can you know every every year every season you can get better and better and better at it. Uh, I know Jim doesn't. I've I've said it to him several times, but I know he doesn't realize the impact that he had uh, growing and saving that coho spinach seed. Uh, I've mentioned on this program several times that the actual breeder, the original breeder of coho spinach, lost the seed, and we had to send him seed from Texas Mm -hmm. that Jim... Jim grew and cleaned up to get his line started back in the breeding program again. Yeah. And so that's had worldwide, you, you know, people don't realize, but that had worldwide implications. Uh, just, just what he did with that cold spinach seed. Still lots and lots of gardeners that swear that that's the best spinach that ever was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, 308 Do you want to say something? No, I'm okay. 308-8867 and toll free. It's 866-308-8867. So we had someone who couldn't stay on the air, and Carlo got the question. And um, he was asking about the differences in the variety of black-eyed Susan Vine seeds. Is there a black-eyed Susan Vine? Well, black-eyed Susan right there is the that's yeah. kind of the main vine. Thing. I don't know anything about that. You mean to have where to get it? or? Well, no, the differences. So are there, are there different varieties? There are different selections. Oh, okay, selections. And that vine, you can, you can find some selections that are vinier. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, this, the one we have here... Uh, is uh is is great except it's it's one of those plants that you don't want to overwater right oh yeah and that that's where uh, just recently i saw it in a really nice landscape except they put it they put it they were trying to water it twice twice a week and they wondered why the thing was they were yeah. mel- melting out of yeah it. it rots at the ground yeah um but yeah yeah there's it's an old-fashioned and there's lots of lots of selections. I don't know how many are offered. I, bet I don't know. I don't know if they're on seed racks or not. No, I don't. I, I don't remember looked. that. I th- I'm sure there are a few on seed racks, heirloom seeds are, that are different. Um, but there's been a lot of varieties. I'm sure there's gardeners out there that have have different uh, selections that they just naturally preserve, kind of like the the uh, petunias. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, I, I think. Uh, uh, Wild Seed Farms up in Fredericksburg, John Thomas and Wild Seed Farms, sells seed of blackouts. And I'm, I'm almost sure of that. But yeah. it, it, the one that they sell are like, is like these plants. Okay, but isn't it? Is it a little sturdier and smaller? Yeah, yeah, sturdier. Yeah, I can't kind of remember. Because these approximate a vine, but I've also seen them kind of oh, almost grow like a... Oh, the Mexican flame vine. Right, right. Where they kind of lean. They'll grow up a slope, lay on a slope. Okay, maybe that's what he's talking about. But, yeah, I'm sure there are. I don't know where you'd find seed, but I'll bet if you just did a general search, 
Yeah. You find you can find all kinds of opportunities, especially if you went to the heirloom yeah. gardeners. Yeah, yeah, right. All right. There you so, go. So we don't know the differences in the vining mm-hmm. types. Okay. Hope that helped. All right, 308-8867 is our number, 308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867. We're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call. Be a part of the show at 308-8867. More of Milberger's Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. It's fall vegetable gardening time, and Millburgers has a couple classes coming up that you're going to want to know about. First off, there's fall gardening for kids. This is next Saturday, the 26th from 10 to 11. Your kids will have a great time learning about the basics of vegetable gardening. It's a popular hands-on class, which means they're going to get to do a lot of activity and a lot of learning, and it's absolutely free. All they ask is that you RSVP so they know how many people are coming. Call 497-3760. That's 497-3760 for the kids' gardening class on fall vegetable gardening next Saturday. And for you adults, from 10 to noon, David Rodriguez will be on hand. He's the Extension Horticulturist with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and he'll be talking about fall vegetable gardening, too. Now, for more information on all these classes, go to MillbergerNursery.com. That's MillbergerNursery.com, and we'll see you next Saturday. Are you an answer seeker? Join the club today. Find the link to join at the top of the page at 930amtheanswer.com. When you join, you'll also be part of the birthday club. Make sure to tell us your birthday so we can celebrate your special day with a free gift basket waiting for you at Southwest Exteriors and an oil change from Belden Automotive. Join the club today at 930amtheanswer.com. Sponsored by Belden Automotive and Tires and Southwest Exteriors. Honey, they're back. Babe, this is ridiculous. These raccoons are destroying our attic, tearing out our AC ductwork, and keeping me awake half the night. And now I'm hearing scratching in the walls. We probably now have rats or mice, too. We paid two different bug companies to solve this. We need to call Critter Evictor. Martha at work used them, says they're experts in the market. They don't just block the one access point like the other guys did. They reinforce all current and potential access points and give us a 15-month warranty. Find them now. I can't take this anymore. Okay, okay, dear. I found them online, animalcontrolsanantonio.com. Let me type it in, animalcontrolsanantonio.com. And look, it says free estimates and you're right, a 15-month warranty. Here, write this down, please. 210-441-4045. And great, they're locally owned and operated. I'm calling right now. Let's get them out of here today so I can get back to a good night's sleep. That's 210-441-4045. You got it. That's Critter Evictor. Dell Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 930 a.m. The Answer. 
The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. And it's about to get worse. The IRS just hired an army of new tax enforcers. So, if you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. Optima has access to a special IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands, even tens of thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop that army of new enforcers from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a half billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. Call now for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Our phone number is 308-8867. 308-8867. Hey there, Holly. We lost you, so give us a call back at 308-8867. Especially someone with a good plant name like that. 308-8867. Or Holly, if you're calling from. Outside of San Antonio, 866-308-8867. Calvin mentioned in his, uh, in his uh, This Week in the Garden. Oh, by, by the way, this, the, the plant there that they're talking about, uh, This Week in the Garden, uh, yeah, they've got a picture of it, but it's in black and white, is Coralvine. And uh, as I was walking back to my truck the other day, I noticed that they've still got some of that white coral vine. Ooh, wow! Back there, on the left, as you go down the, and, you the know, sidewalk we, there. We've, we've mentioned how noticeable the Sinisa is. The coral vine should be really. Oh, it is. Oh, okay. Have you see? Uh, oh, yeah. I missed it. I uh, usually see it, like when I go to my favorite Blue Bonnet Cafe. Is usually a yeah, bunch over there. Yeah, yeah. But I. It's over. The, they 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 seem to do extremely well on the south side of town. Yeah, a little soil. And south and east. Yeah, southeast. Hey, we got Holly back. So hold that thought for a second. Three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Oh man, you know what that is? How hard that is for him. I know. Try. Oh, what the? Well, oh <laughs> no. Well, you you can remind him. Okay, he's talking about coral vine. Okay. Holly, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? I'm doing fine, so I guess we'll keep the discussion on vines. I'd like oh, to good. share my experience with black-eyed Susan vine. When you go oh, good. You, they, you frequently find packets of the seeds in the seed packet places, and it's, it's sold under black-eyed Susan vine and Thunbergia. So when you look at the Thunbergia, black-eyed Susan Vine, sold in the nurseries, it's pretty expensive. So I got the packet of seeds, planted them, and the little suckers come up real easily. So I had a, what do you call it, a a trellis thing, and I put it, I planted the seeds around it, and the seeds grew, and they bloomed, and they were very pretty and everything. Okay, so this was three or four years ago. And in those years, we didn't have the freeze. All right, so they didn't die over the winter, and they kept oh, growing. We are talking thirty feet long, fifty feet Good long. Good lord! I mean, you know, they're taking—they were taking over everything. It was not a pretty <laughs> picture. 
So this past year when we had the freeze went down in my yard, it went down to like uh, Milburg is roughly 17, 16 degrees. They right. did kill to the ground. Well, they still came back. Not only did they come back, but they seed prolifically throughout the yard. I expect birds like to eat the seeds because they're, you know, pretty far away. So you spend time pulling the little babies up. I mean, they're real pretty if you take care of them, but they can be a big problem. They can be invasive almost. Uh, yeah, I would definitely say invasive. Uh, uh, you know, they're very they, pretty and everything, uh, but I'm, I can under. I think it would be easiest if you just stuck them in a pot, and you could yeah. control it that way. And if you don't plant them in the ground, they won't be 50 feet long if we don't get a freeze. So are that's shore, my experience. Are they, are they, are they shore, showy bloomers? I mean, do they have well, a lot of flowers? Well, when they them? bloom, they are. I they don't. You know, they they they, they do like water. And I'm not real good at watering things. I don't like doing spending my time and energy doing it. But if you yeah. take care of them and are willing to do that, you know, yeah, they're pretty. I had the one that's called Spanish Eyes, and the colors were some yellows, but you were like kind of, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what color. You might call it kind of maroonish and uh, okay. a variety of colors. And they, they were very attractive when they bloom, yeah. and of course, all the critters like, you know, like the hummingbirds like them. But uh, that, uh, butterflies. I, I would plant, uh, butterflies love them too. I would, like right now, I'm looking at, you know, a good 30 footer out there, and there's not a bloom on it because of the drought. Okay. Hmm. Now, it surprises me that it's a Thunbergia. Uh, well, that, if um, you, when you buy the seed packet, both of the names are on the on the packet. Yeah. And it, and again, I got the one called Spanish Eyes. Is this is this the normal one that we're looking at here at Thunbergia too? I think well, so. The yeah, the ones that you. Yeah, yeah. Jerry and I are kind of. I just yeah, I, uh, I when think I think, they are. I think of that, I think of the. Uh, vines generally, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a vine. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just saying my experience and. And, and but, uh, I, I, I recommend you're also, it with a big warning. You're also telling us that there's uh, a number of different selections, right? I, I don't. I think there might have been yellow ones that were all yellow. Um, uh-huh. I don't know how to explain that other color. It, it's not pink. It's not red. I, I, you know, kind of brownish. I mean, it was very attractive. That sounds like you're pretty, describing maroon. It does sound kind of maroonish. I'm, I'm not, you know. At any rate, there's also cream-colored ones in that Spanish eyes yeah, collection, yeah. and and the throat of it is darker. So I suppose that's why they call it Spanish eyes. That's very attractive, but can okay. become, as you said, invasive. <laughs> how, how big is the flower? Is it about? Uh, oh, I'd two, say. Oh uh, no, no. Uh, an inch, maybe inch and a half. You know, oh, like, kind of like small. a petunia. Kind of like a petunia flower. Oh, okay. You know, it okay, looks so like it's small. that. It's not big like these. It's not huge, no. Okay. But there's lots of them. I mean, they, you know, when they're when they're blooming and you have actually spent time watering them when they're in the ground, uh, you know, there's lots of them. They're very attractive. But oh, I, good. I, I, you know, I, I, I recommend it hesitantly. No. <laughs> 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 well, it sounds like it's almost in the league of, uh, well, no, I was thinking of our coral vine, but coral yeah. vine wouldn't stop it. If I mean, if it made it through a winter, it'd be 
30 blocks. Yeah. Yeah, really. Miles. I I admire driving around the neighborhood and seeing other people's coral vines, but I don't want to put up with it. (laughs) Well, thanks, Holly. Good idea. Yeah, yeah, good thank information. You for calling. That's great information. I, I've never uh, fooled with that plant. Well, and you're smarter than I, then. No, uh, well, I, mean, I just hadn't had the opportunity. Thank you, Holly. Okay. That was great. Thank you for sure. calling. You, you take Goodbye. care. 308 8867. We have the nicest callers. 308 8867. Rick is on the line. Hey there, Rick. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Fine, sir. Thank you. I was calling about cotton burr mulch. Um, I use it for acidic reasons, I'm certain, soil mixes. And uh, I've often wondered, because they spray herbicide on cotton, for the most part, from what I understand, it, to knock it down before harvest. Um, it is any of that known to carry over into the mulch they make from the cotton burr itself? Yeah, they use a defoliant on, t- on cotton to get rid of the leaves before they harvest the crop. Uh, general, generally, and that there's there's several places that have been selling that cotton seed uh, or cotton um, cotton burr or mulch for a long time. Uh, and uh, and the general thinking is if it's well if it's well decomposed, you don't have to worry about the defoliant. Okay. Carry over. You've never experienced anything with it, have you? Well, this year I did. I uh, oh, think okay. I did. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it's not going to be anything that uh, just overtly kills the plant, but uh, what I saw was just uncharacteristic, you know, slow growth. Growth. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys had any any input on that. No, there there are there are some great some really good gardeners that use it just like you do, and I've never heard them uh, complain about it. But okay. it, uh, I don't I don't believe it's very acidic. Uh, you you said you were using it to acidify the soil. Uh, that ain't working. Well, with, uh, yeah, with, with some other stuff. Some, yeah, you're you you using that mainly to condition the soil. Correct. And, but uh, I'm always but not drop plants, the pH. Yeah, I'm, on certain plants, I'm I'm always fighting that because of our water. But uh, yeah, well, okay, right. that's what I needed to know. Well, uh, thank you for the information too. Uh, we haven't heard much about. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's uh, never been a big seller no, down no. here. Yeah, but, uh, but and I, and I also know, the, I know they have the article companies. on the the article on the front page today uh, kind of oh, reminded the, me the grapes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, well, okay, guys, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. The grape yep. the grape growers are in a battle with the cotton growers. Well, oh. because they they say that the the drift on cotton spraying is. Uh, uh, hurting their leaves in the, the Lubbock oh, is that area, right? yeah, hmm. and then they, you know, they went into and there's all these photos of the leaves and maps and, um, of course, yeah, uh, you know, defoliant is that is that what they're worried about? The yeah, cotton the not defoliant. Yeah, not not necessarily a a killing, but a uh, 
deformity. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they were showing the the difference in the leaves that the drift drift is always hard. Yeah. To determine. Oh yeah. But the, the, it's good though to have a conversation like that, and because uh, quite often, if there is an issue, even if it's not proven, um, the conscientious cotton farmers will try to correct it because they, because they don't they don't want to well they want they want to do what's right, and uh, and also they're not looking forward to battles in the future. Yeah. Well, it's it's not going to hurt the fruit. Uh, they're worried about it hurting the plant. Foliage, yeah. The plant, yeah. The Production and and you're right, uh, long term health of yeah. the leaves. Yeah, long term health of the plant. The yeah. vines. All right, three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. We're going to try. Maybe we'll just get the question and then we'll finish answering it after the news. We've got Mike on the line at three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven with a couple minutes before we have to go to news. Hi there, Mike. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Let's let's see what we can do. Okay, let me let me tell you the deal. I'll give you the long long version since I'm an interesting guy. Uh, I got a peach tree that the ants stripped every leaf off of it. It's come back real strong. But now it's starting to bloom. It's starting to flower. Now, this goofy thing ain't fixing to make fruit or something, is it? No, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of time to get plants to, uh, to, to flower in an off-season, they have to dry down, uh, which, which ha- probably happened uh, during, this, during the dry weather that we've had, That's, that dry spell. And also, uh, you you can strip the leaves off of them to to fulfill their dormancy requirement. Yeah. So uh, it, it it'll bloom, and maybe set a few small fruit, but they'll never mature. They'll never get yeah. larger. Now it may be a factor in your boom. Quite Next often year. we say it isn't. Uh, you know, like on pears and such, it isn't. A, a factor if it's just just the weather, but peaches are a little more sensitive uh, to that, so it may affect how much boom, especially the fact that you lost all your foliage during this yeah. period of time when the, the buds for your fruit should be set. So it's hard telling right. how it's going to affect the spring. Did we help you, Mike? Because we got to go to break. Do you want to hang on a minute? No, that, that pretty much told me what I need to hear. Okay, good. All right, we're going to take a break while we do, just to give us a call, 308-8867. Get you caught up with the news in just a moment. I'm Milton Glick, uh, 308-8867. More in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. We're back with Milberger's Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, our phone number is 308-8867, 308-8867, and toll free. It's 866-308-8867. Calvin is running an errand inside uh, to check on some information, so we'll have him back in a second. But what you got going on? Did, you, got... want, did you finish talking about coral vine? What? <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. What were you talking about now? Huh? Uh, Kevin was talking about uh, in his in his article in the papers that uh, 
Now's an excellent time to plant iris and daylilies for blooms next spring. Ooh, wow, really? In other words, this this is a time to divide them. A lot of people are oh, uh, divide their iris and daylilies. And said, deer do not usually, see, he put, put usually in there, eat iris, but they relish daylilies. Yeah, then. I do too. I like to eat the daylily flowers as well. But uh, they eat the flowers and plants and everything else. No. The deer. But uh, not not so much uh, on the iris. And I, I saw some beautiful uh, Forest Appleton and I were looking around Hollywood Park when there and uh, a couple of years ago i guess and uh just for some, found some beautiful iris growing there with the deer all around them and not not touching them. huh so in most neighborhoods yeah uh, they, they the iron deer doesn't, doesn't bother another thing at this time of the year that uh calvin mentioned that that uh that we're seeing a lot of these stupid uh, hackberries and uh, uh, mulberries and uh, and uh, other seedlings growing in in the weed, growing as weeds in the flower bed and along the fence line. And uh, rather than wait until they lose the leaves, you can just I I, I cut them cut them about in half, and then use some of that. Uh, uh, immediately after you cut them, you use some of that st- uh, stump and cut vine products to the freshly cut surface, and that'll that'll keep them from sprouting and kill them all the way to kill the roots and everything. And right among the flower bed, right, right among the flowers, and not damage the flowers. So uh, uh, when we first started recommending that. Uh, to, to take care of those little seedlings. And uh, I use it in Tennessee as well to c- take care of, to get seedlings out of azaleas and and, uh, and, ar- and around the border, shrub borders. But uh, I was always worried that we'd have some type of translocation, a movement of the chemical in the soil from the root system. But uh, since we, we've been talking about it for two or three years now and uh i've ne- i've never seen that happen what is it kill- killing adjoining plants to stump it damage- yeah stump it oh, and um, because you're using such a small amount yeah. and and that's that's the key to it and be applied on the cut immediately after you yeah. make the cut. And I use it in the rose bed. That's what I mean. Yeah, you yeah. use it in the rose if bed. There, if there was any... Yeah, yeah the roses would, would definitely pick it up. Hey, I went and... Uh, can I break in? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah I went in to check our... Um, the regular black-eyed Susan is a, is a Rudbeckia, um, and there's a number of different varieties, and Several of them are on the seed rack here at Millburgers. All different, uh, you know, different blooming patterns and sizes, and everything. So that's that's a regular. And then there was the the vine, exactly the way she described it, uh, which yeah. uh, which was a Thunbergia, and it had uh, white, yellow, and pinkish flowers, and uh, it 
they, there was seed in, in there for for it too. So, um, and it being sold as uh, as Vine. black eyes Susan Vine. Black eyes, okay. Um, but uh, so that's uh, it, I guess that's an old old fashioned. They used Must to use be. it a lot a lot more than, and maybe they use it other places that more than and, they do. And that, that's why we don't see it. In the nurseries, because it's it's a, it, it's a vines are so so hard to uh, special especially one like spe- that. Yes, so so hard to keep in bounds while you're trying to sell it and in the nursery, and especially since they talk about how what a vigorous grower it is. That mm-hmm. lady did, and it is is not related even at genus level to the. The black eyes Susan that we're looking at here is a perennial, uh, a two-foot-tall perennial. All right, again, 308-8867 is our number, 308-8867. We got a question in from a person that wanted them, a very observant person that uh, was asked, said that they've got several firebush that they're, they're growing, and they seem different. Some some plants are different than other plants, and uh, he want to know are there t- are there several types of firebush on the market? And the answer to that is uh, there there there's one there the actual absolutely the answer is yeah <laughs> absolutely yes uh, the the firebush that. I guess it was a year or so we'll go back. I was trying to get the uh, the growers to change the, the firebush nomenclature to uh, Laredo firebush, name the one that that we sell and the main the one we talk about all the time to Laredo firebush because it it doesn't have a large fruit. It blooms it blooms more profusely, and uh, the fruit is sterile. Uh, yeah, I mean, it does. It does have some small fruit in the, the black, little black, uh, pea-sized fruit in the. Uh, At the bird's like. In yeah, the, the bird like, but it, it's sterile. It, it never sprout, and uh, for that reason, it keeps on blooming. But the uh, the new one that's on the market is a, basically a seedling. Uh, when, I always tell the story of uh, when Greg Grant went to Belize to find some different colored firebush. Uh, he the the plants that he brought back. I don't know if they're the ones that are contaminating the market or not, but uh, they have big seed, bigger than a pea. And uh, I guess some of that seed is is uh, viable. But it's it's a weed in uh, in Belize, but because it, it produces all that seed, uh, it has a tendency to uh, not bloom as as pretty as as the as the one we have now, as the one we've been promoting for years, all these years. So, uh, what about the, the color the, variations? Aren't there some the, color variations? The, too? Yeah, there's some color variations. I, I don't think the the new one, uh, the ceiling, uh, has, has is quite as uh, red as the uh, as the our standard firebush, yeah. the Laredo firebush. Yeah, if you're looking for uh, you know if it, if you're looking for one to 
to bloom this fall on the patio for the hummingbirds. You want it to be in bloom right now. Uh, so if you go to the nursery, look for one that's in bloom. Because uh, that, that's what I always f- find a, an issue with the other selections is that's right. when's it ever going to bloom? As far as Yeah. As far as bloom. I put it, I want it to be ready for the hummingbirds. And if it's not ready, it's it's... It's not the, uh, might be, still be attractive, but it's not the uh, plant I want. Yeah, the one the Millburger sells are the, uh, what I call the Laredo, Laredo firebush. And uh, I f- found it in front of uh, Willie Gentry's, down, it used to be Gentry's Garden Center down there. And uh, the the interesting thing about that firebush is that, uh, uh, the reason reason it never did take off back in those days, back in the early days, was that uh, they were taking cuttings in the fall. After after they they were using the plant as a display plant, and of course it it kind of goes out of bloom in the fall, but it also slows its growth down. So they would wait till it kind of went out of bloom, and then take cuttings which they couldn't root. So uh, I stumbled up on the idea that uh, that you take take the cuttings, uh, you know, when it's when it's in active growing, which is true in most things. Uh, it, when it's in an active growing state, it'll root generally root a lot easier. Uh, so that's very observant of this fellow. Uh, there are two types of uh, firebush, and the, he he mentioned that the leaves are on some are are big. The they have big leaves, and I would the the one on the Laredo firebush or the one that we like uh, has a kind of narrow, or rather narrow leaves compared to that uh, big if leaves you, of if the, you. Uh, grow it in the shade or it was started out in the sun and the trees go over the top then it kind of changes its look that's right and then the leaves do look big and they um don't they don't bloom much in the shade that's but you, true you still get some foliage yeah it doesn't like doesn't like to bloom in the shade as most as most plants do uh had a had a question from somebody that uh brought a, a pride of barbados and uh, they just planted Prada Barbados. Now, we've got a lot of Prada Barbados here for sale. And uh, some, of, uh, some of them have uh, little, little bloom spikes on mm-hmm. In other words, they're, getting, they're not full bloom yet. But uh, they, they have the uh, uh, bloom spikes on them, which means that they're, they're getting ready to bloom. Now, Prada Barbados... Is uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of like Esperanza and and some of those summer blooming plants. Actually, the hotter it gets, the better they they grow and bloom. Firebush. So same way with our firebush too. But uh, as the temperatures cool and the day length shortens, they tend to to not have as many blooms. I put I put it that way. Thank you for pouring that coffee out, Calvin. It was uh, Milton and I were 
We can smell it. it. Strong coffee. It. Yeah, it is strong. Uh, it's strong. Yeah, the first cup was wonderful. Then uh, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of looked at it. What am I doing? This is, I'll be jumping, you, you uh, jumping for, over the you roof. Won't sleep for a week. But anyway, they had planted a pride of Barbados. Poinciana, that's why I call it Poinciana. Yeah. And uh, it, it, the bottom leaves on it turned yellow and then dropped off. Uh, and uh, that ha- that has a ten- that's a transplant shock is what what caused that. It could have been overwatered or my- probably mainly underwater, and uh, caused those bottom leaves to turn yellow and drop off. The top the top leaves are okay. Yeah, and we generally claim and think, and in my experience, you can transplant them without missing a step on the bloom. Right. If yeah. you, you know, if the if they got buds on them or if they got blooms on them, uh, they continue they continue to finish out that bloom unless they stress in some yeah, s- yeah. severe way. So you just just gotta uh, plant uh, water them in like you would establishing anything. Now, now is an ideal time to pinch back leggy growing plants such as coleus, begonias. Uh, fall blooming asters. Uh, that the, are the last long and leggy. Yeah, they might be the last uh, prune. Yeah. Uh, mint marigold too. You could mint marigold. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of that. Yeah. But you you want to you want you can shear those back. Or uh, coleus are starting to bloom. Yeah, coleus are starting to bloom, and you you don't want them to bloom. You don't want coleus to bloom that much. You're after the foliage. Yeah. Some of the blooms are kind of a attractive. Yeah, a lot of people leave the blooms and uh, but that 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 tendency that has a tendency to to weaken the plant to let it go to bloom. Well, and if they finish their if they they've done their duty now they don't have to worry about trying to survive. What do we got? We still got September, October, or November. We still got three months when they could be yeah. attractive. And uh, of course, begonias. So they're easy to to prune back now. I, I've I've just had a uh, confirming my belief that begonias are probably the one of the toughest, uh, best plants that we can use, uh, annual blooming plants that we can use. I've got uh, some in full shade, and uh, they haven't been watered in a month or month or six weeks, and they're in a very loose potting mix. What is that? Is, did you let Milton take care of them? No, or no. I'm, <laughs> I, I have to admit that uh, <laughs> they're kind of a hard place to drag the hose to, and so I've been watching them. And those things have literally been growing in a in a dry mix for for over a month, and they're blooming their brains out every day. I guess I but better. But they're getting long and leggy. Yeah, I guess I better have a talk with mine, because mine uh, love gotten used to their every three days of. Uh, oh yeah. And they prosper. Well, yeah, but you you've got I'm talking fibrous root yeah. begonias. And you're talking about that uh, big whopper, the whopper, a whopper begun. I don't, I don't know, I don't know if they have the same tenacity as does the 
does a little. A but they're doing they're, they're doing very with of course every three days is not too too severe a situation, but they're doing wonderful and even in full sun the whoppers. Oh, you got some in full sun. Yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, eight hours. Yeah. Sun. So, but, but that begonia is a good plant for shade or sun, mm-hmm. especially if you get established uh, in earlier on in the sun. And that that's a great plant if you got a bed like I do that or several beds that one end is real shady and on the other end is real it's got almost full sun and they do the growth rate is pretty consistent and by adjusting the water a little bit you can really still have a pretty uniform looking bed we're going to take a quick break while we do give us a call 308-8867 308-8867 when we come back we'll talk to david rodriguez about his upcoming oh, no, workshop we here to? we do and we'll be back in a moment on 9 30 a.m the answer Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. It's fall vegetable gardening time, and Millburgers has a couple classes coming up that you're going to want to know about. First off, there's fall gardening for kids. This is next Saturday, the 26th from 10 to 11. Your kids will have a great time learning about the basics of vegetable gardening. It's a popular hands-on class, which means they're going to get to do a lot of activity and a lot of learning, and it's absolutely free. All they ask is that you RSVP so they know how many people are coming. Call 497-3760. That's 497-3760 for the kids' gardening class on fall vegetable gardening next Saturday. And for you adults, from 10 to noon, David Rodriguez will be on hand. He's the Extension Horticulturist with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and he'll be talking about fall vegetable gardening, too. Now, for more information on all these classes, go to millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com, and we'll see you next Saturday. This is Lance Hoppus. Join me this Sunday evening from 8 to 10 for The God, Family, and Country Show. This show is a call for all Christians to live as God commanded. A call for a recommitment to your family to pray together and live a Christian life. A call to action in defense of our country, our Constitution, the amendments, and Bill of Rights, which we were given from God. Join me and the revival every Sunday evening from 8 to 10 on 9:30 a.m. The answer. We like to keep it cool in the summertime. Just any pool won't do. We go big time. Still, the big is so fantastic. Still, the one and only classic. Schlitterbahn Water Parks. Get discounted tickets at Schlitterbahn.com. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. 
But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? (laughs) Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is kaiolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get kaiolic? Kaiolic aged garlic extract is available at fine health food stores everywhere. Check out their website at kaiolic.com. Welcome back to Billberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, our phone number 308-8867. Next Saturday, we'll be talking to David Rodriguez about maybe about 1230, about how great his class went. Right now, we're going to talk about how great his class is going to be. It's going to be an adult workshop, a gardening yeah, this, workshop. This is not, this is not for children. Uh, we want to get that. Started. No, no, no. It's just for adults. The, the children have a different teacher. Yes. And... Uh, they they don't have to fool with David, so uh, you can bring your children, and then I guess they can go over to the adults. They'll be taught by Mary, and then they can yeah they can go see David. What, teach are, the, adult. what are the kids going to do for that second hour? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Well, well, they can maybe, maybe it's a different parent. Maybe mom will go with the kids, or dad will go with the kids, yeah. and then or just. Anyway, we'll let well, David. How do we get on? Let's that. let David but explain. You don't have to worry about your, leaving your kids with uh, David. Right? Oh, thank don't, you, sir. You don't. <laughs> you don't have to worry when you leave your kids with David. You're Is that right. what you said? Hey, oh, good. Okay. Hey. Just Dr. leave your Parsons kids with David. Babysit him. Uh, oh, that'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> well, what's going on, David Rodriguez? I, uh, I'm doing excellent, thank you. Um, yeah, we'll be there next Saturday at. Uh, Milberger's Landscape Nursery, part of our uh, um, Earthkind uh, series that we do, and we'll be doing a fall vegetable talk. So we'll be starting there. It's free. Uh, we're starting right at ten thirty, concluding about twelve noon. And uh, it, it's one of two uh, vegetable talks we'll be doing. We'll be really focusing on um, garden site selection, bed preparation, pre-plant fertility, and then really focusing on. Uh, the later plantings of warm season crops, and then we'll be out there again in a couple weeks or so, and we'll start transitioning into cool weather crops like broccoli, cabbage, uh, cauliflower, root crops, greens, etc. So uh, it'll be a, a fun little lecture, and uh, bring your you bring your gardening questions, and 
Uh, the second hour, uh, Dr. Parsons can babysit the kids if you need a babysitter. There you go. <laughs> Hey, Dave, that's, that's nice of you. That'll be good. They don't ask me to babysit either. No, he, he just did it one time was enough. The kids said. Yeah. Uh, there there many, we go. Just because I brought handcuffs. Many of the children are still in therapy. The kids, the kids enjoyed being in handcuffs. Uh, yeah. oh, and there were no man. closets. No, stop it. You're just getting. Just oh, man. Stop it, stop it, stop it. So, okay, so that'll go on from. Uh, it's from 10 to noon, and, uh, yeah, you always uh, feel... 10.30. 10.30. Uh, oh, 10.30. Good. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. And uh, so you always uh, take time to answer questions afterwards. And, uh, we sure do. This yes. is a good topic because uh, fall gardening and the winter gardening is something we can do uh, really well in San Antonio. Lots of opportunities. Well, I think uh, everybody thinks it's just spring. You know, I'm planting spring tomatoes, but, you know, if you plan it out and really uh, have a game plan of uh, warm weather and transition into... A cool weather crops, uh, it's amazing all the winter-type vegetables we can grow here. It's just a matter of really seeing how much square footage you have and what you and your family really, really decide what you all want to grow and or experiment with some different things. But it'll be a fun little lecture there. Yeah, I, 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 I was, we were talking earlier about the, the wonderful display of uh, tomatoes and a wonderful uh, assortment of of the recommended tomatoes are available yes, for sale here at Millburgers, so they Good. they've got they've got all all the tomatoes that you'll probably be recommending. But, yes, sir. Uh, right here at Millburgers, so you know, you, yes. and you don't like I said earlier, you don't have to worry about which ones are the best. Uh, everything on the bench is, is good for the fall. Yes, good, good. Good to hear that. Yes, and Millburgers always does a great job with that. Yes, definitely. Right. And uh, I, I understand that you're continuing to uh, emphasize uh, uh, rutabaga planting, and so that's uh, top, of your, top of your list for winter vegetables. Yeah, so. as a top-notch uh, root crop, rutabagas up there, definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So hi, hey. uh, when are y'all? Poor David. David, did you want to say something? <laughs> yeah. Have you planted no, the? Uh, have you have you planted the uh, children's garden tomatoes yet? Yes, sir. We uh, yesterday was our first uh, session, uh, agenda one of sixteen uh, morning Saturdays that they do out there at the botanical garden with the uh, children's vegetable garden program, and they they planted their first wave of. Uh, Tomatoes, real, real beautiful gallon tomatoes, just like Millburgers has for sale, too. And they're the tycoon. So we planted tycoon yesterday. I was out there this morning checking on things, and they did a wonderful, wonderful job. Uh, and then next Saturday we'll be planting um, on the trellises some four-and-a-half-inch uh, sweet-sliced cucumbers. And then they'll be planting the second wave of tomatoes with the dwarf cherry surprise. And we might see if um, we might do, like, every other row. Uh, or odd numbers and even numbers, uh, dwarf cherry surprise, a 968 tomato, and then the uh, maybe alternate with some ruby crush out there and see see how they yeah. do this fall. Be That'd interested be to see how they do in the fall. Yes, sir. We don't we don't know for sure. We never have tested those in the fall for heat setting abilities. Yes, so. sir. Yes, sir. And we got a mini trial too that we planted uh, this past week at the children's garden as well. To okay. All the like Roma Surprise, Lavaca, uh, oh, Surfire, okay, cool. and so we good. have like a mini mini test trial out there as well. Oh, good. And we 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 may need to get some uh, 
save some seed of those. Yes, uh, sir. Yes, sir. So your main your main tomato is going to be tycoon, huh? Tycoon, and then next week the nine six eight, and maybe alternate with. Well, the, that tycoon's a winner. I mean, this spring is probably one of the best crops they ever grown out there. I mean, they, I think they average like twenty plus pounds on each plant out there. So it's an yeah. amazing tomato. Wow. Well, now, David, what are you going to do when we can't get any more plants? Uh, well, we just figure something else out, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not you, much need, choice. you need to be transitioning. Oh, oh transitioning. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, J- uh-huh. Jerry started to say, well, Tycoon wasn't that good anyway. Yeah, I, I, uh-huh. I never liked the taste uh-huh. of that Tycoon. <laughs> did, did, did you have any con- Something was did, off about it. Yeah, did you have any complaints uh-huh. about the flavor of Tycoon? No, sir. Oh no, sir! You're not playing along, yeah. David. Yeah. Oh, okay. It, okay, it always had a, it always had kind of an off taste, to me. <laughs> and the plant grew a lot of leaves. Oh. <laughs> hey, David. Uh, a lot the, of healthy yes, leaves. <laughs> the, the best, the best thing is if if uh, everybody can come to the presentation next Saturday. But if if there are uh, people out there that. Uh, haven't uh, done a fall garden before and can't come to the class. Is there information on your website or how do you know? Yeah, you know, we always uh, refer to uh, plantanswers.com. Uh, y'all have a lot of good old archive vegetable gardening uh, uh, information as well as uh, uh, information sheets as well as Aggie horticulture. And then on the Bear County Extension website, we have, kind of have that mirrored um, as well. And then um, Dr. Parsons also has on the homepage of plantanswers.com what's happening at the Children's Garden. And uh, that's kind of a real good reference point to use as a guideline, uh, you know, for backyard gardeners, community gardens, as well as uh, school gardens folks to just kind of use it as a guideline step-by-step of what to plant, uh, how to plant it correctly and maintain them. And and then we usually have it in line with Peterson Brothers when they supply Millburgers and other nurseries of what we're planting out there, then they have the plants also available at these other independent nurseries around town. So that, yeah. that works out pretty well. Good, yeah, because I, that, by using some of that information or going to the class, uh, yes. folks can uh, save a lot of uh, uh, issues and, and errors. Not making yeah. a lot of mistakes. Yeah. That's right. Definitely. It's still, yeah, don't reinvent still the, is, window, uh, the yeah. wheel. Just follow those guidelines and... Milton, we always say if those eight-year-olds can do it at the children's garden, so can everyone else. I, oh. <laughs> Not you, Milton, the other people. No, I know. <laughs> Thanks, David. Most, Thanks. You should say most everyone else. Most everyone else, oh, yes. most everyone else. <laughs> well, we had some of Milton's watermelon, David. Oh, good. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if David knew it grew a watermelon. Sugar baby. It was good. Yeah. Oh, okay, it was good. How many produce off your plants? One. Oh, one. Uh. Oh, one. one? Yeah, I'm not going to start a. I'm going to get see if I can get two in the fall. I've let yeah. it grow and maybe but, maybe get a watermelon. We're we going to double crop it. But the melon was larger than a tycoon tomato. Just a bit, uh. barely. Uh. <laughs> the uh, speaking of uh, gardening, uh, what what's the status of your? Uh, next uh, Master Gardener class. 
Yeah, are we y'all, used to do are it. y'all already filling up, or are you well, having a plastic gardener ball? Yeah, we used to do a spring and fall class, and then we do an in-depth uh, summer teachers training for uh, youth gardens. But we decided um, with everything else going on, we're just going to do spring class instead of a fall. Oh, okay. So you're not going to have a fall crop? No, no. I think I think it'll for everything else that's going on. I think we'll just keep doing spring classes. I, pr- I appreciate you uh, recommending me to talk about the uh, vegetable garden to the uh, Gillespie County Kerrville crowd. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. So the Dr. Parsons would be more, more than welcome to go up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back when I see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I said you need to ask him and see if he's available. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. You know, you know how that goes, right? David said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. So uh, we'll talk to David again next Saturday uh, when he's yes. done with the uh, his uh, adult workshop here on fall vegetable gardening and yeah. find out kind of what people are thinking about and what kind yes. of questions yes. he had and uh, what else is going on. Thanks, David. There we go. Gentlemen, have a wonderful day. Okay. You too. Bye, David. Thanks. All right. 308-8867 is our number. 308-8867 and toll free 866-308-8867. Calvin had a a big, a whole page of questions in the the, uh, San Antonio Express News and MySA.com. Uh, the free free throw paper, you know the yeah the light. To call it the light, yeah. Why did oh he called the light on the back? <laughs> I'm I'm re- he's got it up in front of his face, <laughs> and I'm reading on the other side. Here. I, I wondered how he could remember that. That was amazing, yeah. But uh, anyway, the uh, yeah I had a bunch of questions in there. One of them is, uh, what is a good choice for a blooming plant to grow in the shade? The bed is only two feet deep, so it does not have to be very tall or wide. A perennial would be great, but I guess I could plant annuals in every spring and fall. And uh, Calvin nailed the the first one that I came to mind as uh, blue plumbago. And those things, you talking about the sinisa blooming all over town? Those blue plumbagos well, yeah. are plumbagos are blooming. Yeah. To beat the band. Yeah, Pombago. And they is, bloom all summer long. And they're a consistent year-to-year uh, blooming plant, And they're the, they're the most drought-tolerant plant that I've ever seen once they get established. And they have blue flowers in the and shade. And they, they have yeah. blue flowers in the shade. It blooms over a long, long season in the shade, and the foliage makes it, makes it through most, most winters. Yeah, it's not a discipline grower and will send up uh, limber stems to about three feet tall. And he, uh, he also recommend uh, shrimp plant and turks cap. And uh, both of those are, are blooming and doing well. That uh, bloom in the shade. Shrimp plant is upright and you can choose between the gold and the rust colored flowers. Uh, it has a more disciplined grower the uh, growth habit yeah. than the uh, tur- cap or blue plumbago. Turks cap has small red flowers and a sprawl uh, a favorite to butterflies and hummingbirds. 
I don't know whether they just like the flower or the, because they like the feeding in the shade. But Yeah, uh, that could be it. It does well in the shade. Yeah, if you've got a Turk's cap, uh, and that, in fact, that's where I uh, discovered how much the uh, wildlife like Turk's cap. I was down at the, one of the federal wildlife ref- refuges down in the down in the valley, and the little patch of Turk's cap, which is loaded with hummingbirds. Uh, yeah, you know, like five or six <laughs> hummingbirds in this little ten-foot square, and uh, so yeah, they're 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 favorite of hummingbirds. Yeah. Good, good plant, tough plant. And the stupid flower doesn't even open. I guess That's, I guess they can reach down in there, uh, in the unopened flower, and get the nectar. They they seem to be able to. Uh, they're surviving. Um, another thing is that this is where well, the one we're talking about is the the native Turks cap. There is a a big um, exotic. Turk's cap. We used to have it at the oh, Schultz yeah. house. Yeah, oh, the, and that was that's, Mexican, Mexican Turk's cap. Yeah, that is spectacular. That can be eight, nine feet tall, and then that does have big, big red blooms. Yeah. So, now Greg, uh, I haven't Gre- seen that lately. Yeah, Gre- I think they still got some of the botanical garden. Good, but uh, and some of some of the I've seen it in some landscapes. But like I said, it mainly blooms in the fall. So uh, you you don't really get a knockout bloom until till fall or late fall, and uh, all those three plants are depends on your neighborhood whether the deer like them or not, and they're I always in my neighborhood I find like Turk's cap and shrimp plant um, that if it's droughty they'll eat eat at them but uh, they never seem to be a favorite favorite plant. Uh, but you've you've had neighborhoods where they don't even eat the right. blue bombago, do they? Yeah, won't won't eat blue bombago, won't eat turks cap either. Huh. But now, when I was trying to prove that at Hollywood Park, they ate them to the ground, <laughs> and, and every every year since there at Forest Appleton Yard. Yeah, in my in my neighborhood, they eat at them, and like a, a year like this where we had that dry spell this summer, they'll eat them pretty. Yeah, very low, especially if you're watering them and they're getting this new. Growth. I try. I tried to convince Forrest Appleton that they weren't. They weren't. That that was caterpillars eating them. Or no, <laughs> that, that 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 was pruning them. Oh, they were, they were actually keeping a. You know, yeah. turf cap can get long and leggy, but if you don't have deer pruning them back, and uh-huh. it is prettier. It is prettier when you got new. Stems yeah, a new on. stem, and and yeah. they bloom on those young stems uh-huh. and. Did he, was, go he, for that? He, he wouldn't go for it. No, he is kind of kind of a stodge. I, I was trying to grow. You know, we had a uh, we had a variegated uh, turks cap yes. that I, I fooled with for years, and never could uh, stabilize the uh, the 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 var, 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 variegation on, on the plant. But so I kind of abandoned it. But. Uh, but uh, and the deer really ate that. But anyway, uh, those are some plants that you can think about. For, oh, oh, I mentioned uh, I forgot to mention. Any time you talk Turks cap, uh, you talk uh, mention. Have to mention Pam Perrier's, uh Pam's pink, uh, Greg Grant's uh, pink Turks cap, which happens to be a cross between that big one you're talking about. And and the, and, the, and the native, huh? 
That's why that that's the the parents of that. But that's parent. not it's not a large plant either, though. No, is it? no, no. Same. It's kind of no. same size as. Yeah, the, yeah. It's small. small. But uh, another question somebody's having: a raccoon is raising heck with our garden and household. Oh my goodness. She knocks down. I guess he's he's he's. Uh, I guess he sexed them. Says she knocks down the bird feeders, eats the tomatoes in the garden, lives in the attic, and terrorizes our small dogs. Hmm. What are my options? This is Calvin's question. Said so you can you, you can enlist enlist the help of a pest control company to catch the troublemaker, and then to block all entries to the traffic. To our, all entries into the attic. Raccoons are, are relatively easy to trap with a live trap and bait if you decide to do it yourself. Now, the problem with trapping a raccoon is trapping a tra- raccoon. Oh. Because once you get them in a trap, they're not happy with you. No? <laughs> and so you have to worry about getting them out of the trap oh, without they get them eating you alive. They get fierce. We do have a, a pest control company on the air that specializes in that, which is a Critter Evictor. And that's the... Critter done! Critter Evictor will uh, come in and they'll seal up the... Uh, they'll, they'll look for entryways into the house and mm-hmm. seal them all. And they, they stand behind their work for 15 months. It's guaranteed, which is pretty good. Well, the good the good news on on raccoons is that if you generally, not every raccoon is interested in that kind of a lifestyle. <laughs> so, so, so if you got one that's raised your tomato garden, if you catch him or her and deal with it, quite often you don't see another one for a few years. No. and especially if they get in the in the the attic, but they they get kind of used to being in charge of the. Yeah, and I always and it kind of strikes me as when they, like the little dogs, it's once they get used to that, they they figure out what they can get away with and they torment them and uh, so any anyway, anyway it, it can be a big issue. But you but there are a lot of options that you you definitely need to trap them rather than poison them. Yeah, because they might die in the No yeah. man. I've told you all about it. I, I, I had raccoons in the attic one time. And so uh, I, w- I was willing to coexist with them, but uh, other people in the house didn't like to hear the little footsteps on the on the ceiling and things like that. They'll, ter- they'll terrorize your uh, air conditioning. Oh, empty. yeah, yeah. yeah. They, want, they want to be cool, too, Calvin. You just got to give them a little air up there. But... Uh, so I decided I had had enough. I was going up there and shoot them with a pistol. <laughs> Dang! And when you when those those raccoons can get thirty forty pounds. I mean, we're talking big big coon, big coon. And uh, when they stand up in the attic, <laughs> it looked like. Uh, Godzilla up there. I mean, you know, so I would go up there with a flashlight. Of course, you flash it a little, flash them. You would put the flashlight on their eyes. You know, you can see them in the dark. And I got to thinking, first of all, if I miss, yeah, I'm going to shoot a hole in the roof. <laughs> Second of all, if I wound him, 
Yeah. He's going to die up in the attic. And after he bleeds all over everything. Yeah, after he bleeds. <laughs> I didn't even think about bleeding. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I just finally had a, we we uh, had had a, they came and trapped them. Mm-hmm. Uh, put out traps and, and got them out of the attic and then sealed all the open, okay. open uh, places. we got to take a break. While we do, give us a call at 308-8867. 308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. It's fall vegetable gardening time, and Millburgers has a couple classes coming up that you're going to want to know about. First off, there's fall gardening for kids. This is next Saturday, the 26th from 10 to 11. Your kids will have a great time learning about the basics of vegetable gardening. It's a popular hands-on class, which means they're going to get to do a lot of activity and a lot of learning, and it's absolutely free. All they ask is that you RSVP so they know how many people are coming. Call 497-3760. That's 497-3760 for the kids' gardening class on fall vegetable gardening next Saturday. And for you adults, from 10 to noon, David Rodriguez will be on hand. He's the Extension Horticulturist with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service, and he'll be talking about fall vegetable gardening, too. Now, for more information on all these classes, go to millburgernursery.com. That's millburgernursery.com, and we'll see you next Saturday. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt, and there is nothing worse than being a Steeler fan and owing the IRS money. My dear friends in San Antonio, you do not have to face this problem alone. Tony Ramos is the San Antonio tax debt relief attorney. If the IRS is getting ready to take money out of your paycheck, call Tony Ramos. If your bank account is frozen, call Tony Ramos. Don't wait for the IRS to call you. Call San Antonio Tax Debt Relief Attorney Tony Ramos, 210-558-2834, TonyRamosLaw.com. Are you an answer seeker? Join the club today. Find the link to join at the top of the page at 930amtheanswer.com. When you join, you'll also be part of the birthday club. Make sure to tell us your birthday so we can celebrate your special day with a free gift basket waiting for you at Southwest Exteriors and an oil change from Belden Automotive. Join the club today at 930amtheanswer.com. Sponsored by Belden Automotive and Tires and Southwest Exteriors. Did your financial advisor lose 30% or more of your life savings during the last market crash? Are you afraid it could happen again? I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder of Tradeway. Tradeway specializes in teaching you how to cut out the middleman and take control of your money. At our first event, Step 1, Start Your Journey, you'll learn how business principles from the Bible, combined with our powerful skill sets for stock trading, can give you the ability to make informed financial decisions for your family. Having control can give you peace of mind even in an uncertain market because nobody cares as much about your hard-earned money as you do. Tradeway, you'll learn to reach your biggest goals by taking small steps. Coming to the San Antonio Courtyard Riverwalk, September 8th and 9th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. This is Mark Sadowski for Mark Sadowski Jewelers. Wow, your beautiful young lady is charming and you want to share your lives together. What's the next step? Putting a ring on her finger. 
You want lasting quality, a diamond to be proud of, a ring style that's her dream, and you want to get it all for what you want to spend. That's a lot of criteria. At Mark Sadowski Jewelers, that's what we do. We'll show you a selection of GIA certified diamonds and let you choose. We'll then show you a myriad of styles from which to choose. Very often, our clients like this about one style and that about another. We can then custom design and create a ring that's exactly what she's dreaming about. And we'll do it all within your budget because we're jewelers and craftsmen, not just chain stores with clerks. Mark Sadowski Jewelers on Northwest Military Highway. Call us at 210-377-1818 and let us work for you. Gardening South Texas on 9:30 a.m. The answer. Hank is on the line at 308-8867. 308-8867. Hey there, Hank. Welcome to the show. How Hi. are you doing today? Good. How are y'all? Good. I have a question about moy hibiscus. They're looking kind of spindly. I've got a newly planted one this year. Is it too hot to cut them back? And how far can we cut them back? It's uh, have they uh, they have no bloom buds on them or whatever. No, no bloom buds. Just three stalks. They bloomed okay. once, and now I got three stalks. Is it okay to cut them back so they bush? Yes, it's okay to cut them back now, and they'll bush and bloom again this fall. Okay, how far? How close to the ground? I, I, I like I said we uh, we talked about this last week, I think, and. Uh, Mr. I used to, uh, we used I used to cut mine to the ground, uh-huh. and Mr. Moy would uh, I don't know what he would know about more grinding. You know? <laughs> no, I can't imagine that. But he he would he would cut his about in half. Uh-huh. How, how tall is your stalks? About are your four, stalks? four feet. Okay, cut them in half. Cut them in half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this is a newly plant, relatively newly planted. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been in about four months. And fertilize it and keep it watered, and it should bloom by uh, by uh, October, November. Okay, and we can cut back other stuff now too, uh, like Vitex. Cut that in half now, so it blooms in the fall again. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you much. Well, where did you get that uh, more grinding, by the way? Yeah, one of the local nurseries. Okay, okay. Yeah. Reading, reading, yeah. reading, they didn't, reading they didn't have, there. They didn't have they, many. Yeah, they're, they're in short supply. I, I just happened to be there when it came off the truck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Okay. So that was, it was a stroke of luck because it is was your, in short supply. Yeah, is yours in container or in the ground? It, it's in the ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. They, yeah. When you when you keep cutting them back, they keep bushing out, don't they? Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. They, okay. They'll, they'll they'll you you get rid of the you break the apical dominance. In other mm-hmm. words, that bud that keeps going up, and so uh, that allows all the side shoots to come out. And then okay, it then, And then how often? Huh? I was just asking Jerry, and uh, I take it in the late fall. Uh-huh. You can take the woody stems out of their that are 
Yeah. Left because they're oh, not okay. going to sprout off the stems or uh-huh. no, no. new shoots. Yeah, right. Yeah. And well, then how often the thing, the thing's going to go dormant. You uh-huh. know, the thing's going to go dormant because of short days. Uh-huh. And and uh, then you just cut it to the ground in okay. uh, in uh, yeah, fe- so, fe- February, January, yeah, February. So, so there's nothing and, magic about that. Yeah, and then how often half. to fertilize? Just once this fall. Yeah, just once uh, right now. Oh, that's it. Okay. Now, will they? Can we do the same thing to one that's planted up in Fredericksburg? Yes. Cut that now well, too. Is it a big plant? About the same size as mine. I gave it as a birthday gift. Okay. And yeah. Do do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And the deer won't eat plumbago and esperanza. How about up in the hill country? Will they no, nibble they, on that well, stuff? We're not. We're not saying that the deer won't eat esperanza and plumbago. We're in, mm-hmm. in some neighborhoods. Yeah, in my neighborhood, yeah. they don't touch. In the hill, don't. in the hill country, though, they may. Yeah. They may eat it up there. Yeah, they don't eat it in my yard, but you know, they've eaten my purple heart, though. They've really? stomped on that and, and nibbled oh. down my purple heart like somebody took a hedge trimmer to it. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, I know that. I mean, the purple heart. Yeah, I know they'll stomp them. Yeah, only happened once. Hadn't happened since, but they did it one year when it when it re- when they really got hungry, they ate it. Yeah, huh. it looked like somebody took a weed whacker to it. Well, well, I that's guess, good I guess that heart. must have set it back, what, seven, eight days? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's good for purple mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. I, I, know, I know it's a, it's a succulent plant, so I know they could stomp it down real easy. Yeah, and will, uh, they, and eat, will they eat portulaca? I don't think so. No? No, no, okay. even the, bir- the birds will eat portulaca, though. They mm-hmm. the birds oh, okay. pick at it. Okay. I don't know if the deer. I don't know if the deer do. Okay. You you better off better off stick with uh, Vinca periwinkle. Okay, because I've had yeah. I've had Bambi in the backyard. Twelve point buck walked into my patio glass earlier this wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Mm. He jumped. He jumped a six foot concrete fence. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Pulver thought he saw another uh, his likeness in the in the glass, and there went the glass. <laughs> oh, never oh, had wow. that. Never had that happen before either. <laughs> so, but All right, well, well, good okay. Luck to you. Well, thank you much. Okay, bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, 308-8867. You can still sneak one in real quick. 308-8867. Uh, Kevin had a question. Said, how how likely is it that my fall tomatoes will be infested with spider mites? Will spraying the diluted seaweed extract under the leaves every week help? Is it worth the effort? What is the pro- What is the proper dilution? Uh, and Calvin says, uh, if you carefully, carefully pulled and discarded any spring-planted tomatoes that had spider mites, or if you, or if your plants escape being attacked by the pests, the chances are pretty good that they won't be a problem this fall. Now, you know, we have our, our one lady that calls in that spider mites uh, ravage. Yeah, she raises spider mites. So, for those of you who've had a real spider mite infestation, the, uh, of course, the concept is to get rid of the original inoculum 
get rid of the original inoculum and uh, and then uh, they won't have a chance to build up. Well, the problem with that, uh, the, the you're expecting the temperatures to break, get cooler, and uh, they they double their popula- population every three days if the temperature is over 90 degrees. So uh, now that we've we've had this hot spell and we've got our new tomatoes planted, Ooh. I'm saying that uh, even if you have a a, a, spar- a a small population, it's possible that they they could multiply during this hot weather. Uh, for that reason, if you've had an extreme problem with spider mite. Uh, the only only option you have uh, is the seaweed extract, which slows down their reproduction rate. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, slows down the, the growth of the population if you apply it thoroughly under the leaves every week. That's the important thing, every week. Even spraying with clear water may help. I use two tablespoons of extract for every gallon of water. All right, we're going to begin to wrap up for today. Three oh, uh, well, I won't give you the phone number, but uh, and it's Miss Man wants to ask you a, a quick question while we go off the air. All right, I want to thank Carlo back at the station, doing a great job getting all the calls on the air and making us sound so good. And of course, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to learn more about the upcoming seminars next weekend, whether it's David teaching the adults or Mary teaching the children, go to MillbergerNursery.com. I'm Milton Glick. See you next week on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on the Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.